Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for what actually matters. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz from CR Podcast. Welcome back to Blaze Media. If that is your goal to focus on what matters and actually save our life, liberty, and property, this is your one-stop show, really your only source of independent news. And now more than ever, November 9th, it is Wednesday, and folks, as I mentioned, November 9th is the most important date, much more important than November 8th, Election Day, and it's doubly true now that the election results are shocking to some or surprising to others of how bad Republicans did relative to what they should have done historically based on the climate based on a midterm election with the president's, you know, a party uh, having to defend an unpopular president. You're going to want to listen today. The only challenge is my voice is still pretty much gone. And, you know, not getting more than three hours of sleep didn't help either. So I can't even think straight. And how am I going to get this all in in just an hour with my voice and the time constraints? But I will tell you this. Typically, I'm the prophet of woe and lamentation. While everyone's all giddy of how great things are, and I'm like, dude, we're getting screwed. Today, I'm going to be the prophet of hope while every other host is lamenting. And they're two sides of the same coin. Because so long as we're celebrating what doesn't matter and what actually will harm us in the long run, it's, it's a loss for the truth. So long as people are dispirited and upset about the current paradigm that was never going to work anyway it's actually a good thing because there is so much opportunity there is so much opportunity that can be done with this if people would actually focus now I'm not going to lie to you I as you well know did have I I told you I was kind of conflicted on what I thought would happen even on the lower tier, I didn't think it would be quite this bad. So I'm not going to say I predicted this, and I still am shocked and still puzzled and do not have all the answers of the why it did happen. But what we need to do going forward and what the loss represents, not just in what likely happened in each state, but what has been happening for 40 years since Reagan and even during Reagan rings true. Our message that we have been saying for so long that elections are virtually meaningless at this point. Half the country is lost no matter what. You need national divorce. You need to make red states truly red. The Republican Party is a controlled opposition, and you really need a new movement and somewhat of a new party, and you can see how to do that in order to get a national divorce. And anything short of that in the long run is just going to forestall the pain and make it worse. That thesis has been proven more than anything else. So we have a lot to get into today, um, but I think you will actually find it uplifting relative to what others are saying. It will be on message as always. Um, First off, 
Okay, one thing is for sure. <laughs> the economy is going to hell in a handbasket. And now gas prices can soar even more because it's all manipulated anyway. Gold. Don't put your retirement in the stock market. Invest with Birch Gold. Go text Daniel to 989898. Birch will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years of experience, particularly converting your IRA or 401k into precious metals rather than the stock market casino. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text Daniel to 989898. There's a lot of different companies out there. I trust Birch because they've been around one of the longest. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. So check them out now by texting Daniel to 989898 to secure your future with gold. So, folks, what? first off, what happened? I'm not, not the why. And anyone who claims, like, oh, they know exactly what happened. There's going to be a bias. Everyone's going to have their pet peeve. If it's Trump... It's Trump did it. If it's the abortion issue, it's the abortion issue did it. If it's, you know, loser candidates, it's the loser candidates did it. Uh, undisciplined candidates, it's undisciplined ca- candidates did it. The, the, the problem with everything is that it is such a weird, weird, bizarre outcome that for every thesis you give me, I could respond by showing you an example that that at least works against that thesis. So, you know, let's just say an obvious one. Oh my gosh, we had a bunch of garbage candidates. And you could say it from both perspectives. Like, the other, the other side will say, oh, Blake Masters and whatever these other guys were like Trumpians. Herschel Walker certainly was very flawed in certain ways. We'll obviously point to the Wizard of Oz being a, a horrible candidate. But the problem with that is that was always a possible outcome. Historically and recently, Republicans, because of, you know, the Democrats outspend statewide with statewide races, and sometimes they make bungles with candidates, that the Senate or or even governor, like statewide candidates, could buck a national environment. But then what would have happened was Republicans would have done very well in the House, where generally speaking, it would follow consistent with what the polls and even the exit polls said, that everyone is extremely angry with the status quo, the inflation still in most states was the top issue, even if abortion turned out to be a bigger factor than, than previously thought. So they would blow it out in the House, but then, you know, lose a bunch of Senate races by a few points because, you know, they had bad candidates. But that's not what happened. They literally, it's a stalemate. Now, Republicans will likely, as of this recording, the New York Times is predicting 224 seats, so almost a perfect swap. Dems had a six-point uh, seat uh, lead. Republicans will now have a six-point uh, Republican control of the House. And that's almost exclusively because of reapportionment and redistricting. So it's literally a status quo election. The biggest observation I could give you, I'm not saying why. How do you explain losing even in states, swing states that they always won in 2010, 2014, and then certainly the ones that were even like lean red until recently. I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I'm just saying what happened 
ironically was if you if you look from the perspective that we should have had a massive Republican wave, it looks like a big loss. And it was in that respect. It's pathetic. You literally have a comatose, unpopular president, the worst inflation, worst economy, worst tyranny, worst crime ever. All the macro indicators and you you basically have a stalemate of the status quo where you essentially don't pick up a single seat. That's astounding. That's almost on par with the one exception to the midterms where the GOP, there they actually gained with their president in the White House in 2002 because of 9-11. So everyone agrees you have to really write that one off. When it boils down to it, it appears that every governor or senator or house member with few exceptions in the house that was a traditional that that the republicans held it either it's an incumbent or it was an r seat they held on to it and vice versa for the democrats now i'm not counting maryland and massachusetts governors because those are deep blue states they're always going to lose them um and carrie lake as of now should hold on although I don't have faith with the cheating in Maricopa they seem to always win that but electorally without cheating I would say she held on that was a Republican governor seat it was a rhino but so that would be a hold if anything it looks like they could actually flip the Nevada governorship still that was a Democrat seat so that might be the one exception but mostly speaking all all the seats held no one really flipped other seats there were some flips back and forth with the house but that was because of redistricting meaning i started out election night with one map in front of me chart the cook pvi partisan voter index you know that's the r plus 10 d plus 5 and what i found throughout the night that the biggest determinant of where things would go was the partisan voter, voter index. With with very rare exceptions, it might unfortunately be Lauren Boebert in Colorado, that was an R plus six. But generally speaking, anything more than R plus one, R plus two, even in areas where Democrats seem to be really, really overperforming, they didn't win. <clears throat> generally speaking, anything over D plus one, D plus two, the Republicans didn't pick up. It literally fell along the partisan lines. It was unbelievable. Now, morally, in terms of a moral victory, that's horrible. That's pathetic for Republicans in this environment. That is actually definitely a massive Democrat victory. But tactically, technically, we are really the same place where we are, where Republicans still have very strong red state domination. Even in the states where they got crushed, tactically it won't matter. So like, Republicans lost both chambers of the Michigan legislature for the first time since 1983. But let's face it, they had the Democrat governor anyway, and it's not like they were stopping anything there. They lost the Minnesota House, but Minnesota was governed blue as anything anyway. Um, New Hampshire, they lost the legislature. That's a big shocker. Um, That's crazy what happened there. Uh, That was like a blue wave. New England in general was a blue wave. In New England... Uh, that that's kind of a heartbreaker. But even there, I mean, Chris Sununu was was governor, and he vetoed everything good we wanted to do. It still is a heartbreaker to lose those legislative chambers. But most states 
where Republicans already had a trifecta, they kept it. And in fact, I, I believe in all of them. I have to verify exactly. And they came heartbreakingly close to picking up another one in North Carolina. There's a Dem governor. They're gunning for supermajorities to, to pass legislation and override his veto. They got it in the Senate. They came up one seat shy in the House. So the upshot is the red states have the same firewall. The blue states have their firewall. Firewall. You will never win the blue states. They're gone. And an increasingly num- increasing number of swing states because of the apparatus that the Democrats have created during the time they controlled it to use the levers of governance to not just do radical ideas, but to create a machinery that they could always win elections. What Republicans fail to do everywhere except for Florida, that is making an increasing number of those states out of reach for presidential elections and at least Senate seats and sometimes governorships. That is the upshot of what happened. It locked in fundamentally the 2020 map, which is not a terrible map, but it's a map that it's increasingly hard to win presidential. With proper redistricting, they will always be favored for a narrow House majority. Okay? Because keep in mind... Ohio and North Carolina will be um, because of the court battle there's going to be a do-over and Republicans won the Supreme Court in both of those states big big win flip two seats in on the Supreme Court in North Carolina so they're going to eke out a few more seats in the long run in the long run a 50-50 map will net Republicans a majority in the House and really even in the Senate a long run will net them seats in the Senate because let's say they wind up 50-50. I mean, theoretically, Laxalt could pull it out in Nevada, but I just, you know, the mail-ins, I never have faith in that. And theoretically, it looks like Georgia will go to a runoff. They could still win that. I mean, it's possible. Um, Who knows? But, you know, let's say 50-50. Next time is you have a bunch of red state Democrats up. And it's hard to, it's, it's almost impossible that they don't win the Senate. So, and then, and then still, as disappointing as it is that we thought we would add trifectas, and instead Pennsylvania looks like we might lose a chamber there. If not, it will be narrow. Um, Wisconsin, they actually held on to strong majorities. Strong majorities, not, not super majority, but strong majorities in Wisconsin. Um, but it, it, it said all these states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you know, Arizona and Georgia, they should hold on to the state governance. Assuming Carrie Lake could hold on, that's, that's going to be a big one. They have the same state dominance. And the big news is, although it's going to be delayed and takes the wind out of the sails and the messaging is bad and doesn't look, they don't have bragging rights, they will get the house. I mean, that was always the bigger of the two. Like I told you, to have a narrow Rhino Senate majority does nothing for you other than Ron Johnson be able, being able to hold committee hearings. It literally does nothing, and it actually harms us in many, many ways. 
I think the feds are over with and we need to make our stand with national divorce. But if you're terrified of the prospect of them being emboldened and having full control, I mean, look, the Republicans will have the House. Now, it's going to be narrow, but sometimes that's actually better, like I said before, when you have a massive rhino caucus. Now, in this case, it might be too narrow that the, the remaining like New York rhinos that won or California guys could screw, screw with us. But, you know, so tactically, it's, it's, that's kind of where we are as a country. Now, also where we are as a country, first, I forgot our sponsor today is, no matter what happens, you can vote on the culture. You can vote on the culture with parallel economies, primarily in red states, but even anywhere. And one of them is supporting America's only Christian conservative mobile provider, Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com CR or call 972-PATRIOT, and you could switch from Spy Mobile and Verizon and all these other crappy um, WEF-backed spy agencies that work with the NSA, frankly, and fund all this garbage, fund the Democrat get-out-the-vote effort. They have plans that fit almost any budget. There's no excuse for not changing. Um, same service. You could keep your no- money except or number, except they, they will use your money to actually fund causes that we believe in. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have a special discount just for you. Use offer code CR for free activation at patriotmobile.com slash CR, patriotmobile.com slash CR, or call 972-PATRIOT. Come join our movement and make the switch today. So folks, the good news is, before we get into what this means, what's happening, <clears throat> the good news is, this is always what I wanted. It's the last couple of weeks I thought, you know, okay, you know, you're going to have a big blowout maybe for Republicans. And I, I, I was trying to build momentum for how to best cope with that. But frankly, I was always worried because even if they would have had that dream scenario, at the end of the day, it would have been fleeting only because of a bad economy. You weren't going to hold a lot of those states and districts. At the end of the day, the federal government is irremediably broken. So you're, And even at the state level, in those states, you're always worried about overreach and not holding it. The people are brainwashed. We know that. I always felt that rather than trying to expand the map or focus on the feds, if we only made the red states like Florida, like DeSantis, that would be a much bigger gain It would go towards achieving constitutional sanctuaries, national divorce, and what we ultimately need, local politics, red states, the culture, the businesses, the school boards, the agencies, and you need a governor that's going to fight for you. That was always where the focus needed to be. And I said, look at what they did. They pissed away trillions of dollars. Okay, no, not trillions, but hundreds of millions of dollars and focus, Oz, Herschel Walker, this, that, that. They could have spent it on making red states redder. And look, they did get redder most of the time. You know, in North Dakota, they now have 90% of the legislature. It's something like 33 to 4, 43 to 4 in the Senate and like 83 to 11 in the House. But again, most of them are a bunch of rhino dogs. Maybe we've got a few good new ones in, but that's the issue. That's where our focus needs to be. That was the lesson from last night. That, A, if every red state were like DeSantis, 
even if we're irrevocably lost at a presidential level, at a federal level, at a swing state, much less, uh, much less a blue state level, it would be okay. And moreover, the other lesson is, to the extent you could ever hope to make inroads, you need to dump the Republican Party. The problem with the Republican Party is not Trump. Although I have long felt, and I, I, I said this since 2015, you could go back to my recordings, I'll sound like a broken record. I'm like, I don't think he's the problem like the establishment's being at. I just don't think he's the solution either. And anyone who thinks he is going forward, I, I don't, I, I can't help you. But that is the lesson. This is the enigma. And perhaps it was most embodied through the fact that Florida came in first and it came in like a wave, an unbelievable wave. And it came in competently and efficiently. That in itself was a stark reminder of what every other red state was not. Because not only did DeSantis implement policies on the issues we care about more than any other Republican governor. But he did so on the issue of elections itself. It's kind of interesting that the one state that's fully secure is the one where we overperform the poll by eight po polls by eight points, whereas everywhere we seem to, uh, not we, I, I don't want to use that term, but Republicans seem to underperform by about four points. About four points. Everywhere the Democrats needed to win a critical race about four points. So in places where Republicans were already doing really well, like Nevada or Kerry Lake as governor in Arizona in, in the polls, it's still kind of maybe, maybe they could still win because it's kind of even. The ones where the polls show them even where Republicans only up one or two or three, they lost. That, that, that's, that, that clearly did happen. How much of it is cheating? How much of it is the Democrats have worked out a mechanism where they, they governed in accordance with election law that they knew they already had a machine built and geared towards just that? I don't know. But here's what I do know. Until now, Republican conservative talk show hosts were giving you the impression that we're going to win everywhere, Republicans are going to win, it's, we're going to fix the federal government. We might even fix blue states, but certainly the swing states. And it's all good. And my thesis has always been, I think we're underperforming in a lot of those states because Republicans suck. And I think theoretically we can do better. But I don't want to only blame it on Trump or the establishment or the Trump establishment. There is also an element you do have to realize that 40 years of a controlled opposition, allowing the Democrats to win the culture, win the education, win big business, win every mechanism of lever of power in these states, it has its effect on the people itself. That I don't know, even if we had a bunch of amazing candidates everywhere, how much better you'd be able to do. I could look you in the eye and say, Oz sucked, and he did, and had you had Kathy Barnett there for Senate, both Kathy and even Doug Mastriano or someone else, you know, maybe a better campaigner but with similar views, could have won. I don't know. What I do know is 
The blue states are insurmountable. I don't think you will ever win in a state like New York. That I am convinced of. I do know in states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, and increasingly Arizona, but hopefully not, but definitely Michigan and and uh, Pennsylvania, I do know that there's a floor that might not be 51% like in the blue states, pure blue states, but there is a floor of hardcore Democrat voters. And then they just seem to have worked out this mail-in juggernaut. Again, even without pure cheating, but just the fact that they broke our elections, they have made it that they are able to mail out ballots to every stupid idiot that we always used to say when I was younger, thank God these idiots don't vote because if they did, we'd be screwed. Well, now they do. Between the 50 years of ele- 50 days of elections, early voting, late voting, mail in, mail it directly to the people, beg them to vote. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes its toll. It takes its toll. Now, I do want to be clear. Even on that point, New Hampshire was probably the worst loss. It was a blue wave. They lost the legislature. You know, uh, got crushed there by like 10 points in the Senate seat. What a poll miss. I don't understand it. You had, you had people that literally didn't even campaign, Democrats that didn't even campaign that won legislature. Um, and there they have no early voting at all. Now, what they did have is same-day registration where a bunch of Democrats flooded the polls late in the day. And it does seem like, in general, the early day looked very good for Republicans, and then late, somehow they broke it, meaning not just the mail-ins, but even election day voting. They were able to cut into their losses later in the day in a lot of states. So, you know, again, I don't want to blame it on, oh, it's the mail-ins, it's this. Because each thing, there's a funny kind of exception to that so it's a bunch of things but here's what I do know Florida is the biggest story of the night because it demonstrates the path forward oh Daniel oh so you mean we need Ron DeSantis to be president no you idiot you're getting into the same Fox News soap opera thing that it's all about the presidential election It's that in every, here's the lesson. If in a state that was formerly the ultimate deadlock state, and even if you allow that even before DeSantis, it was bound to trend a little bit more red over time. But that he was able to win a state like that by 20 points. He flipped Palm Beach County. He won it outright. He won Miami-Dade. He won... Tampa, I mean, maybe not Tampa City, but Hillsborough County, Duval, Jacksonville. There's only five counties in the state that Democrats won. And in four out of the five, DeSantis cracked into the 40s. He got 42 in Broward, the armpit of Florida. He got 46 in Orange. Okay, that's, that, that's, that's Orlando. Very black, very, you know, a lot of Spanx, too. Very much non-white demographic. Tallahassee, that's Leon County. He got in the 40s. Okay? 
Even Gadsden, which is the home of all the universities, Alachua, um, or no, Alachua County, got, got in the 40s as well. So it's not like, eh, Daniel, you know, he was strong, Chris is weak, he got a lot of money, it's popular, you know, um, it's trending red, a lot of people moved from blue, all true. It doesn't explain the margin and the fact that he won, he made massive inroads in non-whites, suburban voters, and urban voters. Everything that they got crushed with, I mean, you could say Florida overall is on net is a better story than any other state, but the areas that he won were the type of demographics they were getting crushed in in other states. Yet he is by far the most conservative of anyone. How do you square that? I always wondered, I always wondered since I was a kid, you have these mealy mouth Republicans. You have to like listen carefully to even understand, okay, well maybe they mean what we're saying. These coined lines, they don't, I, I kept saying this, I didn't want to dump on people, they were so excited, even the candidate, Tudor Dixon, they, they, like what are they saying that sounds like me? That sounds like you. What are they saying that speaks to the issues? Almost none of them, aside from DeSantis, ran on COVID fascism, the issue of our freaking time. It's like it never happened. Handful of them, it showed up as a throwaway line here and there. Didn't drive the narrative, possibly anywhere else. I always wondered what would happen if you had an honest, moral, consistent, smart, dedicated conservative that actually tried to, to run. Now the problem is we never really had that because the problem is once in a while you will have candidates <clears throat> that do espouse our views or closer to our views and you did it and you, and you had this cycle too. But they're trapped in a Republican Party that's tainted. So they don't have their own institution, their own messaging. Even if they try, they're tainted. You can't get your foot in the door. You're Trump or you're McConnell, you're a Republican, and I don't like Republicans. So they're tainted by them. They're weighed down by them. A Senate candidate here, a House candidate here, and even a governor. Although a governor is a little bit different. And especially if they're not governing, running for re-election, but they're a new face, like Carrie Lake is a new. So she didn't get to demonstrate governorship. Remember, even DeSantis himself, had he been running anew this cycle, he might have won, but, but not by a lot. Remember, he only won by 30,000 votes last time. He had a nice message, but he was new. But over the last four years, almost symbolic through Florida being a peninsula, it almost served as its own brand, not just nationally, but internationally. People moved from Canada there. Entire communities uprooted. It became a following. It became a movement. His governance became a movement that shifted the culture of the state, not just to make the conservative base agog with glee and happiness, which they certainly are, but to turn over those voters, those typical annoying voters that buy into the media narrative, that are obsessed with abortion, even though most of them are never getting abortions, and they vote based on that. 
but DeSantis was able to soar above the clouds almost as if he was his own political party, which he kind of was. He kind of was. So could I guarantee in this Republican party, you run other DeSantis's, you'll have the same result? No, because, you, because it's self-fulfilling. You first have to get in there and govern, so sometimes you'll lose. But what if we had a party and a movement of people like that? What would that look like? Untethered, unshackled from the Republican Party. That we don't have their baggage. All these people that hate Republicans, but they don't like the Democrats. I'm saying the polling hasn't changed in the respect that people aren't happy. Biden and the Democrats are on, hook, are on the hook even more now for an even worsening economy and crime situation. It will get bad for them. I'm saying, in many respects, it's, it's not as bad as you think, and, and, and it might be even an even better outcome if we learn our lesson. Imagine what the electorate would have looked like. I've said this before. If you run independent candidates with an impressive background, now, I'm not even saying you need to do this. To me, my main focus is take the states that we win even in bad years and, 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 and often even get redder, just like the blue states get bluer, and actually have a freaking DeSantis in all those states. It would make it moot. But I'm saying to the extent you want to win Pennsylvania and win Wisconsin and win, you know, at least Michigan, these type of states, blue states, I don't think anyone could anymore. But those states... It's not going to be with any one candidate because the problem with the Republican Party is the Republican Party. The problem with Fox News, which is essentially the same thing, is Fox News. It's not so much Trump. It's not so much McConnell. It's all of it. It's all of it. If you had a party of DeSantis's, people that are committed to an agenda, sound like they care about the people, drop certain labels... Now, I do think being this aggressive on abortion while being so weak on medical freedom and other issues is a problem. It needs to be addressed in another show. But then again, if our goal is just national divorce with red states, then we're fine on that issue too. It's more of those other states. But this is the lesson, okay? We're not going to lose our states. The Cook PVI, everything fell back to gravity. There was this talk that, and, and polls showed the Republican governor losing Oklahoma. Oklahoma. He's a rhino dirtbag, big business, corrupt piece of garbage. But you know what? In the end, he won by a lot, what, like 15 points? Because the inertia of the partisan voter index fell into place. We are an irrevocably divided country thanks to the media and, and the education system and everything they control. I don't think you're ever going to be able to control their areas. I don't think we'll be able to fix the federal government ever. I don't think it's advisable. I think it's, I think it's a waste of time. So back to DeSantis, the answer isn't so much DeSantis running for president. Although... There's no one else on paper who would have the best mix of electoral viability and policy. 
But I think I think that's a waste of, of him, honestly. I think they should work now with all the momentum he has to change the law and allow him to run for a third term. I know it doesn't sound good, but that's what we need. I think that's more important to put your capital into that. The question is, why don't we have a DeSantis? In every, our, you know, Florida was until now like what, R plus three or something. Every R plus 10 or more state and county Every state legislator, every county councilman, every county executive, every elected judge, every school board official. Why aren't they like DeSantis? Why is Abbott in Texas and Oklahoma and Nebraska and the Dakotas, Wyoming, Idaho, Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, all those states... Why aren't they like DeSantis? 99% of elected officials aren't. And the answer is because the Republican Party is a controlled opposition. The Republican Party, the problem with the Republican Party is the Republican Party. You can't get beyond that. I keep telling you guys, I have trouble getting sucked into this, but I try to do my best, try to make the best with what we're dealt with. But it's hard to move beyond the observation that nothing will work beyond national divorce. But even to achieve that, we need a new party and a new movement. But Ron DeSantis serves as the ultimate control group, using a scientific analogy, to the controlled opposition. Because it demonstrates what's been missing but what could have been done for 40 years. You go to all these red states, the Department of Health, Department of Education, the county officials, the bureaucrats, the businessmen, the culture. It may as well be a red state. A a blue state, I mean. Nothing. Here, DeSantis, he still has work to do. I trust that he's going to really step on the gas pedal in the second term. But he tried to use the machinery of government to, to not just do good things, but to make the state permanently red the same way the Democrats built a blue firewall in their states, not just with garbage policies, but a political culture and machinery that made it that no matter what happens, they'll win it anyway. That's the story. So there's two options. You could have red state national divorce, or you could try again to go for these swing states. But if you're going to do the latter, you're going to invest a lot more time and effort. It's a lot less achievable. But even then, it would only be achievable by running independent candidates. People like Naomi Wolf. People like Naomi Wolf. You know, that are great on medical freedom, great on the World Economic Forum, the surveillance, the privacy. Think about the dogs that didn't bite. Imagine two and a half years worth of data and narratives of this show. If that would have been the Republican message. And I don't just mean, okay, so you have one candidate that will say uh, COVID shots killed people. The problem with that is you can't speak over the rancor. Only DeSantis was able to do that. And that was only after having already been an incumbent, not a challenger running. You could speak over the rancor. The problem is 
you can't run when the Republican Party will sabotage our people. At the end of the day, DeSantis is more far-right than any of these other candidates, if you want to use that term. But these other candidates, if every second the Republican Party is out there, he's an extremist, he's an extremist, he's horrible, can't win, can't win, it becomes a freaking self-fulfilling prophecy. We cannot live in a party like that. You're not going to fix that. They're always going to sandbag our better nominees in a general election. They're always going to do that. What is the benefit of staying in the Republican Party? The soul-searching is not even about Trump. It's not even about McConnell. It's not about DeSantis running for president. It's not about the presidential election. The soul-searching needs to be, what is it going to take to get us off the stupid Republican Party? What is it going to take to focus on making the states that where the voters do agree with us broadly for the policy culture and political machinery to reflect that? What is it going to take to put that investment we put on these meaning, meaningless Senate races into the local red, red state elections? Think about this, folks. Let's say Laxalt wins um, Nevada. And even if he doesn't, but certainly if he wins it. So then it's 50-50. And then Georgia goes to a runoff. Everyone's going to be, oh my God, this is like a presidential race. This one thing is going to determine the Senate. It means nothing. The Republicans already have the House, so you could stop bad stuff. I mean, not really, because it's all done executively, and they won't use the power of the purse, but you know what I mean. And the Senate, so you have a 51-seat rhino majority with all these rhinos that it's really an 85-15 Democrat majority, and that's being generous. And you need 60 votes anyway to do anything. It literally means nothing. But the entirety of the Republican money, the conservative money, the conservative energy, I promise you, for the next month, rather than building the legislative sessions of the red states where they do have super majorities, it will be focused on Herschel Walker. That's the problem. Meaning, I agree that we're kind of screwed. We can't afford to miss opportunities. There is a massive blue floor in this country, both because of ideology, and we basically have a generation of under 30s that are nothing but a bunch of transhumanists, but also because of this electoral system they created with, 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 with the balloting. You can't afford that. So what you need to do is the states, the good news, again, this is the good news, the same way no matter how bad things were, the inertia fell to Democrat incumbents keeping their seats. Likewise, almost everywhere, that applied to Republicans in red districts and states as well. And even usually in the states they did bad in, the only exception with the red district is Lauren Boebert. I don't know all the details with that. But that is where we are. It's fo- And I think to me, I always was suspicious. I was like, great. Republicans are going to win big. They're going to win too much. In other words, I thought they would win in the 30s number of states. You're not going to have national divorce with them. We're, they're not going to be able to hold them. You're not going to elect Republicans that are willing to fight there. And it's just going to forestall what we need to do. 
this is going to get them to actually fight. And if you're a little bit too squeamish about losing everything, good news is they'll probably get the house. Okay? So in many respects, it's actually a better outcome. Think, think about what you were hoping to happen. Forget about the moral victory, the bragging rights, but look technically and strategically. They might even still get 51 seats. I don't know. I mean, it's very fluid now in the Senate. But I'm telling you, it really doesn't matter. It's the House. The governorships, it would have been gravy. It would have been nice to expand. But essentially, essentially, the same power Republicans had in the states to fully pass things. Now, in states where you had divided government, they lost even more or, you know, where they were able to block. A, Democrats picked up a number of trifectas. But those weren't in states where we were governing or had the ability to govern anyway. In the states where we already did, we still do. In some cases, maybe did even better. Texas wasn't great. I mean, they picked up maybe one seat in the House, one in the state Senate there, um, something like that. I, I, I have to go through all this, and you can email me, Daniel Horowitz at <coughs> startmail.com. I'm losing my voice here. Um, and you can let me know. You can let me know what, 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 what you think, you know, what you're seeing in your state. I know in Iowa, Republicans swept every statewide race, they, uh, including the Democrat Attorney General, who's held on for like three decades. So, you know, those type of states, Iowa, Ohio, North Carolina turned back, generally better. Florida is obviously the big story. You know, so those kind of like Bush-era swing states, they, 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 they moved in a good direction. Bush, Obama, 08... All the other ones, all the other ones didn't. Arizona is the big one, because that would be a big loss. They would lose that trifecta. So Cary Lake, that's kind of the big outstanding thing, and that's, that's going to matter. That's going to matter. That's going to be very important. For her to try to do to Arizona, at least on some level, what happened with Florida. And again, the... The Hispanic vote, it might have been exaggerated, the gains, except for Florida, but it is there, and I think you are seeing that in Nevada. The working class vote, although I do think the blue state Hispanics, again, it's just a reflection of the state. It's just irrevocable. New Mexico is lost, Minnesota, all these kind of periphery states we always thought we'd pick up. And that's just how it is. But I'm telling you, more than trying to win more states. Right now, we have zero states. But we should have won by the end of DeSantis' second term. What I mean by that is where I could go to a hospital or a doctor there that reflects the culture we want, not just like the politicians. The culture of the state, and it's, it's moving in that direction. There is never anything that was ever done that way. You know, my sister was in tears yesterday, but like in, in, in a good way, when she voted for DeSantis. She lived here with me for her whole life in Baltimore, Maryland. She moved down to Palm Beach County. And she has, there's an entire, there's communities there that are literally like that. That's why Palm Beach flipped. Where people moved because of him and what he's doing. So it wasn't just like he did good policy. He changed the entire culture. 
He made it a movement. It's it's almost like its own party. And let me let me show you another very interesting data point. I was hoping that if DeSantis would flip Palm Beach County, that they'd be able to pick up the there's two congressional seats there. One's D plus five, one's D plus six. And remember, we thought that if there would be a wave, they would win seats like that. So I was watching carefully. And remember, Florida came in early because it seems to be the only state where we do well in, and it also comes in like a normal first world country would be expected. Again, I'm not insinuating that it's because of fraud, but it just kind of is interesting. And it's also a reflection of how he's not just governing to do what's right, which is the most important thing, but he's governing to win. But what I found interesting is all the, all the federal races, they came up short. They did respectable, but it wasn't even like a hairline. So let's say, I don't have the numbers in front of me, DeSantis won um, Palm Beach County by three points. The House seat, the Republican maybe lost it by six points. You know? So the question is, well, wait a minute, Daniel. You have, you didn't see this red wave anywhere. So you forget about the D plus five, six. They didn't even win the D plus two seats. And they lost a couple of the R plus one seats. Fine. But in Florida, where you won 20 points statewide, come on. You're going to definitely flip some of those D plus five seats. No. And again, it wasn't even a hairline. They didn't come particularly close. What does that tell you? DeSantis has become his own institution. He did have coattails. I mean, they picked up super majorities in the legislature. That's state government. But in terms of the federal offices, now Rubio did very well as well because he's, he's also an incumbent Republican. But in terms of flipping blue seats at a federal level, even in Florida, they weren't able to do it. And the answer is because that requires flipping a certain type of voter that's not accustomed to voting for those type of people, for those type of offices. And with the current Republican Party, it is out of reach. I am not going to sit here and tell you that if you had the Daniel Horowitz Party, we'd win 50 states. I don't have faith in much of the American electorate. And that's partly why I'm very into this red-blue divide, the political science of it, because I don't think it's achievable, and it's, I think it's a waste of time. I think we're irrevocably divided. But what I do know is it certainly wouldn't hurt our cause, and we likely would do better, but it can't be with a candidate here or a candidate there within the Republican Party. It's not going to help. You have to, I, I can't tell you this is anecdotally, but a lot of people I talk to, my sister knows people. She saw people like that the classic suburban affluent woman that's obsessed with abortion for whatever reason, God knows why. And those type of voters really swung to the Democrats everywhere. But not in Florida, at least not for DeSantis. Why? Because they look at him and they say, I like what he's doing. I like what he's saying. And he's not, he's so become his own institution that he's literally almost like a third party at this point. There is a greater difference between DeSantis and Republicans than Republicans and Democrats, and it's not even close. It is not even close.
that is what we should demand everywhere else. And look, it's go- in the red states, we're going to have to start doing surgery. You're going to have to start running independent candidates. I, I haven't checked the latest, but Ammon Bundy did a respectable 16 17% as independent in Idaho. In fact, he was almost at the Democrat. The Democrat was like 20%. Now, I think Brad Little is so bad, a lot of Democrats did support him, and not in the DeSantis way, like converting hearts and minds, but more in like, hey, he's a Democrat anyway, so I'll vote for him. But what, what that tells me is, if you had the entire Republican machinery, conservative talk show machinery, money, donors, that focus on Herschel Walker and Oz, Mehmet Oz and whatever, would have focused on when you have unacceptable Republican candidates win primaries in deep red states to at least create independent candidates. And maybe Ammon Bundy wouldn't have been the guy because he's too notorious for certain things. He's what we had, but somewhat more of a fresher face that the first thing you think of him is not necessarily right wing, even though he might be and hopefully is, but like DeSantis, well, He's sincere, he's thoughtful, he's competent. He has an impressive background, impressive ideas. That's what needs to win. I am willing to think of this in so many ways. The other way of solving this is going to state conventions instead of primaries in the red states. So even if you don't, even if you don't have a new party, and that won't help us in the other states, but in the red states we'll have real sane people so it's either that or start a new party red state focus or start a new party but either way we have to recognize you can't come two generations into what the left did precisely because we have a controlled opposition and expect it not to have an effect on the population and create a blue firewall You cannot expect to continue supporting the same Republican Party. It's not the same Republicans. A lot of people are saying what I'm saying, but not really. They're saying, oh, we need a different type of Republican. The Republican Party is the problem. What is so hard to understand that? What is so hard to understand that? It's an... You need clarity. You know, there's one state where a red state where we didn't win. The Democrat won for governor in Kansas. But first of all, that was also a hold. They already had that. I spoke with a friend of mine in the state Senate. The Kansas GOP was the ground zero for rhino Republicans. It was, they always, they have such muddled messaging. A guy was a terrible flawed candidate, rhino. You had a bunch of former Republican governors cutting ads, endorsing the Democrat. They sandbag you. Again, this is the negative efficacy I've been telling you about. And no one wants to believe me. Oh, how could it be worse to have a rhino than a... I'm telling you, they weigh you down. They create consensus. Most people don't want to be viewed as extreme. That's all they care about. You have to accentuate the extremism of the other side. But you can't do that, even if the other side genuinely is a lot more extreme than you are right if you have the machinery of the Republican Party agreeing with them, it marginalizes you. That's the problem. 
So that's that's the case there. Republicans, you know, the Senate's not up there. The House, they did keep the supermajority there. So theoretically, if the Republicans were all good, they're not. They could govern. No, no, more than that. I believe you only need a simple majority to override. It's a simple majority state, not a supermajority. So, assuming Carrie Lake holds on in Arizona, the only heartbreaker is New Hampshire. And even short-term, we aren't going to do anything anyway because Sununu is basically a Democrat. The hope was he'll be gone in two years. But then again, you know, New Hampshire is extremely volatile. It does swing back and forth a lot. But this is the sort of introspection we need. We're a conservative soul trapped in the Republican body. But folks, whatever you are hoping to accomplish with what you thought would have been the outcome, it's actually at a national scope, it really hasn't changed much. Unless somehow they tip all these races and then who knows, they steal them with the mail-ins. But if they win the House, they win the House. Okay? You, 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 the Democrats seem to control it very solidly with a six-seat majority. So Republicans will have a six-seat majority. The Senate really doesn't matter other than Ron Johnson having a gavel. But it really doesn't matter. And in fact, I'm just going to tell you, in a defund fight, I still believe that on the issues we are winning on them it's going to get even worse they're stuck with Biden as a dead carcass they're stuck with Kamala Harris they still don't have a fresh voice and I think a shutdown fight you're more likely to win with the House Republicans against the Democrats the problem with the Republicans winning the Senate it muddles it because what's going to happen is exactly what you had in Kansas and, and with um, Mastriano, you're going to have McConnell and two-thirds of Senate Republicans, they did this during the last shutdown, I remember, literally standing there with Biden, making fun out of House Republicans and helping them with messaging. So here, it's just straight up, Democrats controlling. I re- I'm telling you, uh, I actually see this as a better outcome for what I believe actually matters. I know it's tough for some of you who live in a state like Michigan and Pennsylvania where you thought you'd have a trifecta, maybe be able to do stuff, and the opposite happened. I get it. But on a national scope, the states that in the long run we're going to keep and aren't, you know, at risk of losing, we have the same power that we should have been using anyway but weren't. And at a federal level, those few seats... Make fun of it all you want, but the difference between full Democrat control and full Republican control of the House is one seat. So that is enough to stop legislative bad things. It is enough to have budget fights. It is enough to have messaging fights over reauthorization bills. Daniel, they're not going to do it. Okay, well, then that's... They weren't going to do it anyway, then. Okay, the Freedom Caucus is going to matter a lot more than it would have under the 250-seat scenario. I'm just telling you, for those of you who are down in the doldrums, not much has changed, ironically, since yesterday, what you thought would have been the outcome. If you're down in the doldrums, it's because Republicans suck. But that's not a 2022 problem. That's a 40-year problem. 
That's always been the problem. So the solution is not anything any of my colleagues is talk are talking about. It's keep it local, primarily in red areas, making red states red, working to divorce from the Republican Party, and working on a national divorce. DeSantis could lead the way on that. Again, I would much rather he be that leader, run for a third term, than be president. If he decides to run, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge where, when, when, we, when we get there. But I hope this gives you some hope. I, I don't mean to, look, it is very disheartening, even though the Republicans are horrible, and we could say, look, we didn't lose. Our party, the party of one so far in Florida, won amazingly. We're not Republicans. We did not lose. You have two parties that agree on the same things. And, what, and, and they, they went with the real thing. In some areas, some, some not. Kind of a mixed bag. Historically bad for the type of year. But stalemate. Stalemate. But the reality is, our party is not the Republican Party. I know it's disheartening that, yes, the Republicans are bad, but people voting for the Democrats, I get it. It's, it, it is a scary thought to think how many people in this country that there is quite literally nothing the Democrats could do to lose power. And I, I do believe that's true, even if we had a DeSantis party. I think he would be able to do a lot better but I do think there is a floor. It's not clear where that line exactly is. But it's bigger than you would be willing to think. That is imperviously blue. And it doesn't matter. And, and, and that does need to factor into our strategic calculus. But I do want to say, Republicans ran on inflation. They have no plan for it. They ran on crime, but they didn't even run on mandatory minimums. They had no plan. Ukraine, COVID didn't exist. You look carefully. There really wasn't much disagreement. Keep that in mind. You and I did not lose. You and I did not lose. The left is emboldened, but it's going to dig their grave even more. When I say dig their grave, I don't mean like, you know, that they're not going to keep winning most of their areas. But I do think it makes us focus more on issues. Even in a blue area, if you get an entire people, entire community yelping about drag story time in the, in the, um, in the libraries and schools, I think you have more of a chance of, chance of success, certainly in a swing state, certainly in a red state, than you do with winning elections. Winning elections, we have problems. We have a problem because the Republican Party is tainted, doesn't represent us, and actually is a controlled opposition that sabotages us. Even when it doesn't look like they're doing it, they're doing it. And also, the Democrats just built a legacy machinery. But on the actual issues, if we engage, starting with the red states, starting local, we have the same opportunity we had before, if not better, because now people realize we cannot afford to focus on anything else. I'm going to be delving into more nuggets of the election, what we can do, and more importantly, preparing for the red state legislative sessions. You know, I don't want to hear about Congress. What are you going to do in the Texas legislature? What are you going to do with the Florida supermajorities? That's what we need to be talking about. What are you going to do in North, North, North Dakota, Idaho? 
We have a lot to do. I'm going to need your help focusing on that. This is what sets us aside from the rest. This is where everyone else is wrong. Let me know your thoughts. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all.